What's up, guys? I'm Hugh Rages. And I'm Suicidal Sanders. And we are Technically Gaming, a weekly podcast where we cover everything from AMD to World War Z. If it's about gadgets or the interwebs, we've got you covered. If you would like, you can check out the podcast every Friday over at youtube.com slash Rages or most major podcast services around the world. Suicide, what's up? Not much, not much. I feel like we, we go through this every week, but with COVID still rumbling on, there is about as much to do today as there was yesterday. <laughs> but uh, it's certainly been a busy week, and we might as well just get straight in. Hugh's got the memo open. I do. Okay, very good. Right, starting off with news of The Last of Us 2. Um, now, as some of you may be aware, I think we have discussed this before. Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, a pretty substantial leak um, was made that revealed pretty much the entire plot of the game, or at least some of the most major points of it. Um, and one of the biggest concerns from that would be that with everyone learning what happens in the game, nobody would buy it. Well, there is some moderately good news if you work for uh, Sony. Um, They have just pretty much said that despite the leak, pre-orders for the game are still pretty decent. So um, on the whole, it does appear that uh, The Last of Us 2 is going to do reasonably well when it launches later this month. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, if you're going to get it or not. Oh, yeah. I've already have it pre-ordered. Oh, my my take on it is um, even though a lot of people are probably upset that um, it was leaked and, you know, a lot of people were probably in the story is they still probably went out and bought it. So because <laughs> they people do yeah. that all the time. I think the only people that were really looking into the leaks probably were people who were not going to get it anyway so um because i haven't actively went out and tried to see anything about the game (laughs) i am uh, i'm in a bit of a difficult position because i have to report on it but at the same time i don't want to learn the specifics so i do know the basics of what the leaks have revealed but i certainly don't know the details so um I'll, i'll look forward to it when it comes out uh but uh moving on in a video i showed Hugh a couple days ago we have a new Call of Duty Warzone, don't we, Hugh? <sighs> so, yeah. <laughs> this is... I don't know what to think about this. It's like, it's its crappy because it's, it's people cheating, but it's so hilarious to see and watch. Yeah, it, it's the kind of thing that you'd be pissed off if it happened to you, but if you were the one doing it, you'd probably find it really funny. So, um... It's a new glitch that's been found in Warzone known as snake abuse. I think it should be called Uh, the sneaky snake glitch. Yeah, sneaky snake would be a good name. Uh, (laughs) What does it do? Well, it's a little bit complicated, but in very simple terms, what the glitch allows is for you to appear to be in a prone position, but the camera and your movement is if you are in the upright position. So in other words, just to, to... for anyone who doesn't know how this works, prone is lying flat on the ground. And um, what this glitch does is it it makes you appear to be in that position. So in other words, people looking at you, if you're behind a wall, they can't see you. But because of the glitch, you're actually camera position and gun and all that jazz 
is in the upright position. So if you're behind a wall, somebody can't see you, but you'll be able to clearly see them and shoot them and kill them. So it's... So yeah, in simple terms, a bit of a problem. on your screen, you're playing the game normal, but on other people's screen, you're crawling around the gr- on the ground. Yeah, and there are videos out there if you go on YouTube and have a look. It looks really, really weird. Um, the only minor downside is that neither Activision nor Infinity Ward have um, commented uh, specifically about this glitch yet. Presumably, if I'm playing devil's advocate, because they don't want it to become that well-known until they've mm-hmm. actually fixed it. When are they going to fix it? Well, that in itself is a, a bit of a bit of a question mark at the moment because we've just had news earlier today. It won't be brand new when this comes out, but season four, which was due to release on Wednesday, has been cancelled. Um, well, not necessarily cancelled, but it has been delayed. So we're sticking with season three for a bit longer yet in Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Oh, no. Um, I only mention this because... Um, Many expected that with the season four, uh, the inevitable season four patch and update, that there would be um, there'd be a fix for this issue. But there, um, with season four not now launching until at some point in the future, probably in about a month's time, um, you, it don't be surprised to see just a very very small patch come out in the next week or so, probably less than a hundred megabytes, just looking to fix this and you know stop people exploiting this again. But uh, yeah, um, no season four for another for at least another month. Um, so also, if you are grinding your way on season three, trying to get to one rank one five five, you you've see still got a little bit of time. People cheating, report them because they are like soft yes. banning people. So make sure to do that. Like just don't just I'm not- sweep it under the rug. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one because it isn't really cheating so much as uh, as an exploit in the game. Um, I'm not sure whether doing it would qualify you to get actually banned, but um, I think I think it will when Activision or Infinity Ward acknowledges it. That that's going to be the key point when Infinity Ward and Activision say yes, this is a problem, we're fixing it. If you are caught doing it after that point, then you may be subject to a ban. So uh, just watch yourself, out there, boys and girls. There are sliv- uh, sneaky snakes going sneaky around. Sneaky snakes. <laughs> Um, following, up, following up just from that uh, cancellation of uh, season four, we have a similar announcement from Sony. Um, last week, they uh, released a teaser video saying that they were going to host a um, an event, an online event uh, on the 4th of June entitled The Future of Gaming. Um, now, the, the event in itself is worth discussing because although the title did seem to give away the main gist that this was going to be showing in-game footage from the PlayStation 5. I did hear other rumors that they were also going to be pretty much revealing everything about the console. They were going to reveal its uh, price, release day, um, backwards compatibility, uh, which we will come back to later, by the Mm -hmm. way, um, about the system. But uh, no, uh, that as well, uh, like Season 4 of um, uh, Modern Warfare, that has been indefinitely postponed. Now, if you're wondering why it has been postponed, um, we are, I, I, um, I don't really think this is the remit to get into it in any, any depth. But so it's wait, regarding the, uh, wait, depth. one second. So they're not having the event now? 
No, they are having the event, but not on June the 4th. It's been postponed indefinitely. And um, as I said, if you if anyone's wondering why, it's because of this um, Floyd George business in America. Um, pretty much no company at the moment wants to be seen to be releasing any any kind of press news or announcement that could be perceived as positive as a means of deflecting attention away from that. Um, as I said, I'm not going to get it. We're certainly not going to get into that um, on this podcast. Uh, that That's a, a hornet's nest I'd rather not kick, frankly. But um, but yeah, if you're wondering why the, these are being delayed, that is the reason. Um, and you can probably expect a few more things over the next week or two, at, at least until things start to calm down a little, um, which they're certainly not at the time of this broadcast. Let's put it that way. Um, so um, moving on. Let's just have a look here. There is so much again. There is so much that happens in a week. Uh, might as well stick with the PlayStation 5. Just put the news of that to bed. Um Sony um, CEO, um, I believe his name is James Ryan or Jim Ryan, something like that. Uh, he has gone on the record earlier this week regarding backwards compatibility for the PS5. In other words, how many PS4 games will actually run on the console. And as anyone who owns PlayStations will know, since the PlayStation 3, really, backwards compatibility has become a, a bigger issue on the console. Um now, um, he's likely made these comments off the back of Microsoft saying that their Xbox um, Series X console will literally support thousands of older games immediately from launch day. Um, what Sony is saying, however, is really kind of downplaying uh, the backwards uh, compatibility on the system quite significantly. Um, uh, his exact words are, in our view, people should make games that can make the most of these features, uh, specifically regarding what the PS5 is going to have, whether it's DualSense controller, whether it's the 3D audio, whether it's the multiple ways the solid state drive can be used. We, we're thinking that it is time to give the PlayStation can something be enjoyed on the PS5. Now, what, while that isn't necessarily saying that they're not going to do some compatibility, um, Anyone who's been keeping up with the news on the subject will know that Sony has been very kind of coy about what we can expect from it. I think the last official word was that most of the top 100 games on the system will be compatible on the PS5. Um, now, what what people class as the top 100 games of the PS4 is clearly going to be a varied list but even then they've added the, the qualifier that most so you know if 51 are compatible they've fulfilled that remit um, the, the long and short of it is that I, I just don't see the PS5 really offering much support for the PS4 it seems that Sony just wants to concentrate on the games that are coming to that system <clears throat> and just put the PS4 to bed um, yeah because I don't know if you've seen, but they also said that the uh, they have no intention of making the PlayStation Five games work on the PS4 either. Uh, yeah, um, the only slight good news in regards to compatibility is that I have seen that any game registered with Sony after June fourteenth has <clears> to be <throat> compatible with the PS Five. So, in other words, if you buy a game between uh, June fourteenth and the release. Not all games, because I said this, these are games that are registered. So it's although it sounds good, it's actually going to only be a reasonably limited number. But if you buy a game between June and whenever the PS5 comes out, probably late November, 
Um, if it was registered with Sony between those dates for the PS4, the developer has to make it compatible with the PS5. So if you've got that game, you will have to receive a free update to make it work on the PS5. Um, but I, I'm going to be honest at this point, between PlayStation and the Xbox, I, I am more and more erring towards the Xbox. Um, I'm, I'm certainly not committed yet, but... Between the two, I'm just hearing better news from Microsoft than I am from Sony. I don't know what Hugh thinks. Well, I'm just going to buy Sony because I don't like Microsoft. <laughs> I don't mind Microsoft. Um, and my I reasons. mean, one of, the big, one of the biggest selling points of it, uh, uh, would, would that be a red ring related reason? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for, um, for all the audio listeners, I shook my head yes. <laughs> Um, I just think if you are a primarily a PC gamer, the Xbox, uh, particularly with their Game Pass, I think that is a really, really well. That's clever why I don't even. Tied it in. That's why I don't even feel like I need an Xbox because I can just play everything on my PC. <laughs> yeah, but if there's more than one of you in the household, let's say you're a family. Uh, which, let's face it, that's what these are primarily. You know, most people who are going to be buying these consoles are. Uh, men in their 20s to 40s so people would maybe with young families and if you do primarily use a pc um but you also want a console at least with this you have access with uh, microsoft game pass you have access to a huge library of games on both systems for one subscription price a month that that sounds like a win to me uh, but we'll see but uh, if people are thinking that with the absolute shambles that Microsoft made with the Xbox One against the PS4 is going to be repeated, I'm not so sure. I think Microsoft is really coming out swinging with this one. We already know that the Xbox um, Series X has better specifications. Um, Microsoft has been a lot more open and forefront about what the console will be capable of. But that doesn't mean that they aren't segue here. That doesn't mean that they aren't capable of being a little bit dishonest because um, we did see the news earlier this week with the release of the Scorn trailer for the Xbox Series X. This is going to be, I think, at least, uh, is it? I, I believe it's an exclusive for the system. It may release on PC as well, but I think this is going to be a Microsoft exclusive. Um, it was found that the trailer wasn't actually running on an Xbox Series X. No, no. Instead, it was, on a, it was running on a NVIDIA 2080 Ti and an undisclosed AMD Ryzen Pro. Thinking that this is because, I mean, the, the main thing that really um, kicked off the discussion about it was the fact that the trailer came with a disclosure in-game footage represented uh, representative of expected Xbox Series X quality. Um, and everyone was like, as soon as everyone heard that, it was like, okay, this was this was rendered on a PC, so what are the specs? So we now know it was a 2080 Ti and a undisclosed AMD, graphic, uh, AMD processor. Um, arguably some of the best PC hardware around them, depending on what the processor was, but arguably some of the strongest around, and that's maybe why it was capable of pulling 4K at 60 frames per second. Um, I mean, this isn't a con by Mark stated that it was only representative of what the finished product would look like. Um, it is, again, though, another solid indication of where consoles and PCs are going to pretty much find themselves compared. Um, 
because I said that's some pretty beefy PC hardware. And if the Xbox is capable of replicating that, although I suspect it may have to dump the frames down to 30, I think, um, then it's still going to look pretty, pretty good. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, just don't think that Microsoft is immune to hyperbole as to what their computers are going to be, uh, their consoles rather are going to be capable of. Because uh, we already have proof that they have kind of tried to blur the lines a little. Yeah. Um, <laughs> moving on, whilst we're on the subject of AMD, um, we spoke a few weeks ago in the podcast about AMD preparing to launch some new high-end APUs. Now, for those unfamiliar with the term, an APU is basically a processor that, like you would find in a games console. It's a processor and a graphics card combined into one chip. AMD has um, been releasing these um since pretty much since the release of the original rise and although i think it first made its debut in the second gen um but uh it's well known that um with these kind of releases from amd that the neither the processor nor the graphics card has been particularly good we're talking really basic entry-level kind of stuff but that's why they retail for only about 60 to 80 dollars they're not high performance they're just good enough to get a pc running with a video display output yeah um but uh we discussed a few weeks ago that uh AMD was looking to move into, um, while providing that graphics adapter, moving it over to their more powerful processors. And we've already seen some benchmarks leak from the uh, 4700G, the 4400G, and the 4200G. Um, now, as always with leaked benchmarks, they cult, uh, but it seems likely that um, they are going to do everything they, they say. Um, one of the main concerns was that to accommodate the uh, graphics adapter onto the processor, that there would have to be, based on the larger uh, core counts on the processor, there would have to be some compromises. Um, and there are. Um, I think the older AMD um, GP APUs had 11 compute units, and these newer ones only have eight. And that might make you think, well, is the graphics going to get worse? Well, apparently not. The graphics is apparently going to stay about on par but on the plus side, they're now going to be coming with some of the strongest processors AMD currently have available. So if you are in the market, and I wouldn't expect these to retail, you know, even the highest end one is probably going to be about um, three, four hundred dollars. You're going to have plenty of entry level models uh, in this range for about one hundred, hundred and fifty dollars. So um, if you don't really care about gaming, but you do care about uh, processing power. These are these are going to blow everything Intel has completely out of the water because, as many of you are aware, Intel has been provided. Intel has nearly always provided a graphics adapter with their processors. You've always had a port on the motherboard you could plug in, and you would get something to display on your screen. Whereas AMD has nearly always required um, a separate graphics card to actually put video out. So, uh, but I, yeah, it's a really. I honestly think this is a really, really smart move by AMD. I can't see it having too much of an impact on general PC gamers, but if you're just somebody out there looking for a really, really grunty uh, processor that is capable of just outputting enough video just so that you can use the internet, go on YouTube, all, all that kind of stuff, and maybe even some really basic gaming, um, things along the the realms of Minecraft and uh, and games of that nature, these could be really, really excellent options. Uh, Getting to the desktop Ryzen 4000 series, though, which is expected to release around August, September this year, there are also rumors surrounding that. Now, um, 
as many of you, uh, we have discussed this again before on the podcast, but uh, one of the smartest moves AMD made in recent years was switching their processors to a smaller node design. So in the uh, Ryzen first gen, we saw 14 nanometers. Ryzen second, we saw 12. Ryzen third gen, we've gone down to seven nanometers. Now, with the release of the desktop versions of the uh, 4000 series, nobody expected AMD to move down to a smaller node. Um, simply because most of the major chipset foundries, companies like uh, TSMC, they only just started mass producing five nanometer about three, four months ago. Turns out that AMD has got in some of the earliest orders and there is a slim possibility that their AMD 4000 series will see yet another node transition down to five nanometers. And for those of you who don't know what that is, I'm not gonna go into the details of what it means, but. Basically, it means that they can get a lot more transistors on the chip because the gaps between them are a lot smaller. Because the gaps are smaller, there's less energy lost uh, in between them. And as such, that generates less heat. So faster, less hot, all good. But we'll, we'll see. It's only rumor at this point. But um, Hopefully. <laughs> hope, it could, that could be really, it'd be very, very surprising if AMD did do that. But it could, again, with Intel set to launch its Tiger Lake CPUs later this year, around the same time, it could, this could make a huge difference between the two. I mean, at the moment, AMD is kind of ahead of Intel slightly. Um, and this is coming from a position where a little over three years ago, AMD were nowhere close to Intel. Um, but this could be the first generation in which AMD really cements its position as the top dog currently in CPUs. So we'll, we'll see. But it, it, if, if something big is going to happen, that would certainly qualify for that. Um, just another quick one whilst we're on the AMD Ryzen news. I think we mentioned last week that um, AMD was, um, we saw some leaks and rumors suggesting that they were going to launch some XT variants of their third gen Ryzen processors. Yeah, we talked um, about that. Following, following suit with the graphics cards, um, it seems that AMD wants to make the XT branding essentially mean that it's a slightly faster version than the base model. Um, now we've, um, we've seen, pre we've pretty much got confirmation of its existence now because I, um, a French uh, online retailer has listed the 3900 XT, the 3800 XT, the 3600 XT. They're all available to pre-order from this retailer. Um, that's not unusual, by the way. Sometimes retailers like to accidentally leak their prices early just to get a few, um, a bit more movement on their websites. Um, so uh, it, it looks like they are definitely happening. If they are happening, I would, have, I would think that by this time next month, they will already be out there. Because uh, AMD isn't going to want to release these just before the release of their um, fourth generation of uh, desktop processors. Yeah. But this is basically AMD's way of countering the, the launch of Intel's Comet Lake S, which came out uh, around uh, a month ago. This is AMD looking to just cement their position that their third generation is still better than Intel's latest. So we'll see. Um, but if you are in the market for a processor, I have heard that price cuts are on the way. Nothing substantial. Um, it's about $100 at the very top end of AMD, uh, which in terms of desktop processors is about five dollars $600. So you might be able to pick up one of these for about $400. And for the lower end models like the um, uh, $3,600, $3,700, you can probably see about $20 to $30 taken off those. So if you are in the market to get a, a little slice of the last hurrah of the AMD Ryzen 3rd gen, it might be a really great time to buy one. Um, 
But then again, with the release of the fourth gen around the corner, you may just want to wait and just see how much better that will be. Um, let's get back to some gaming news. Well, no, actually, let's just let's stick with AMD and just get AMD completely out of the picture. Let's just get it out of there. <laughs> let's just get all the AMD stuff. We've got all the PlayStation stuff out of the way. We've got all the Microsoft stuff out of the way. Let's get all the AMD stuff out of the way. Um, there has recently been a uh, update released for the Linux operating system. This isn't a full update available to the public yet. This is what you might more politely, what Windows would call a Windows Insider build. In other words, it's early access. Um, and as this is really, really common when operating systems have these updates, particularly Linux, which does make its um, alpha and beta builds a, lo a lot more publicly available. Um, but there has been spotted within those details a reference to a brand new AMD graphics card. Everyone is suggesting this is Navi 21. So to coin the phrase, this could be Big Navi. Um, Big if Navi. you don't know what Big Navi is, Big Navi is essentially um, something that AMD has been talking about for well over six months now, probably longer, probably getting closer to a year now, nearly. Um, um, and it is essentially going to be AMD's answer to NVIDIA's top-end graphics cards. Um, why is it taking so long? Well, quite frankly, because comparatively, AMD was miles behind um, NVIDIA. Um, don't get me wrong, they're 5,600 and 5,700 graphics cards. They are really, really decent 1080p graphics cards. You, If you're looking for a cheap solution and you game at 1080p, they're probably some of the better options around at the moment if you don't want to start getting into the realms of NVIDIA money. Um, but the, even the gap between the best that AMD had at the time, which was the 5700 XT, the gap between that and NVIDIA's 2080 Ti was huge. And it, it and this is perhaps why Big Navi has taken so long. AMD has been really struggling to make this catch, the, even just get close to it. But if they could get close to it, while it's likely going to be superseded with the release of the um, uh, NVIDIA 3000 cards later this year, it's still a small victory for AMD closing the gap. Um, it and what what everyone wants is for AMD to do to Nvidia what they did to Intel. In other words, make it near parity so consumers like us have plenty of choices, and that by proxy generally tends to lower prices down. Um, but we'll see. I mean, do I think it's big Navi? It could be. I've seen masses of leaks that of of various quality over the last few months. So. Uh, could it be? It's possible largely because the Linux update is scheduled to release in August and rumor has it AMD is going to launch its latest graphics cards alongside its latest uh, desktop processors. So August, September, they're going to be very, very busy months for AMD, Intel, NVIDIA. It's certainly going to be keeping, keeping me busy and uh, keeping us busy bringing the news as it happens. But that is it. That is AMD talked out we are fully exhausted with amd news so let's get on to something uh, more gaming wise now we've mentioned this several times on the podcast since we started it but um as you probably noted if you're in the market for a nintendo switch getting one is really hard at the moment it is i won't say impossible and nah. i'm not talking about the small i'm talking of the full size model here there's plenty of the uh, switch lights around but 
Um, getting a full size switch console at the moment is really, really difficult. What happens when there are shortness uh, shortages? Well, a Chinese based company has revealed a model called the Pow Kitty X2, <laughs> which is arguably one of the most shameless switch ripoffs ever released. Um, it looks exactly like a Nintendo Switch, and I don't mean like a little bit. They have real. They probably put in an amazing amount of effort to rip it off. Um, <laughs> what is, is it worth getting? It, what is, is it, it called? The Pow Kitty X Two. Nobody ever said China was good at making names up. <laughs> um, it is honestly, it is such a shameful ripoff, though. I mean, just to put this into context, it doesn't even. It it, it looks like a Nintendo Switch. So you got the Joy Cons either side, display screen in the middle. The Joy Cons don't work. The screen displays nothing. To actually game on it, you have to plug the controllers into. You have to plug two separate controllers, which even them look like knockoff knockoff PS3 controllers. Um. And all it does, it's just one of these systems that just comes pre-bundled with a bunch of uh, emulated games. Yeah. Um, the only the only concern is that with this being such a decent-looking knockoff, and I, I, I say that reluctantly because nobody likes knockoffs and nobody ever likes buying a fake when they think they've bought the real thing. Yeah. But this could fool a lot of people. Yeah, people are going to buy it thinking that they're buying something that'll play their Switch games. Who and have been struggling to find a Switch for their kids are possibly going to encounter this online thinking it's a legitimate Switch or at least as good as a Switch, and it is not so. Um, spread the word. If you see any of these online, um, I would probably suggest reporting it, actually, particularly if you saw them on Amazon, because uh, this is just, it is awful. It is, and this is, it is such a close approximation to the real thing that it genuinely has the potential to fool a lot of people who maybe wouldn't know the difference. Yeah. Um, Cover another one we've spoken about before. Uh, we're given a lot of this is like the update uh, show this week. This is um, like the third time we've talked about Magic Leap. This is an update on the update. Yeah, Magic, Magic Leap is back in the news now. For those of you who don't know who they are, well, you should have watched our Pride podcast, but let me give it to you very briefly. Magic Leap is a company that designs, um, well, has designed one augmented reality headset what is augmented reality augmented reality is like vr except it's a combination of the real world around you with computer animated sprites inserted into it so uh, i think we've used this example before but on the uh, counter you see behind me there with ar headset on you might be able to see lemmings walking across that and then climbing over me onto my head and then down my shoulder and out the door so that's how it works now Magic Leap has had a pretty big problem, and that is that their initial headset, which released late last year, the Magic Leap One, A, it cost $2,500, which is a ridiculous amount of money, or B, nobody bought it. I think Mm. Total, although they haven't updated, surprise, surprise, they haven't updated the sales figures. Last I heard, it was only around 6,000 units. So um, um, the company was clearly... um, you know, it had an abject failure on its hands with the release of that, uh, considering the amount of money they spent developing it. Um, 
There were concerns around a month ago when it was revealed that Magic Leap had started laying off staff and going through um, a pretty significant restructuring process. Yeah. Restructuring by uh, <clears throat> by the means of pretty much cancelling any other side projects and just working solely and purely on the Magic Leap 2. Um, the good news is, last week, the company did receive some fresh external investment, $350 million, so they are at least able to keep the lights on for a, a year or two, all going well, presuming they don't blow through that money. Um, but if you ever needed an indication that a business is struggling, it's when they want to replace the CEO, and that's exactly what's happened at Magic Leap. Yes, they have confirmed that the existing company's CEO, uh, and I'm just going to try and remember his name. Um, uh, I think he's got a strange name. It's not like Roby Roni Abovitz. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, has Obviously, announced that doesn't he matter is... to them very much. <laughs> No, well, he's announced that he is stepping down and Magic Leap is actively seeking a new CEO. And as I said before, um, companies do not do this unless major mistakes have been made. Um, to put this into context, Telltale Games replaced their CEO three months before the company went bankrupt. No. Um GameStop, the last time they went under, they had just replaced their CEO. I mean... CEOs get replaced when companies are on the verge of financial collapse. That is generally what happens. They don't leave, generally speaking, when the going's good. Um, so I can only presume that even with this 350 million investment, Magic Leap is still on a financial razor blade at the moment. Oh yeah. Um, how much? How much did they so, have invested into the first headset? Um. I don't know specifically how much money they put into it, but the, until until this additional this additional three hundred and fifty um, uh, million dollars, the company had until that point received around a billion dollars in ex external investment. Don't know how much of that they pumped into the Magic Leap One. Yeah, but as I think I said, quite it, a bit was, and for it to only sell around what was it six thousand units? Six thousand units. So if you're being overly let, let's say you are being quite um generous about this so six thousand units at uh two and a half thousand dollars a pop they made that is 15 million that they made but don't forget that is not pure profit magic leap has had yeah. to put the technology into these headsets so let's say at the very least magic leap probably has made around eight million dollars off of magic leap one sales i'm just going to estimate that it, it it's about a 50 50 split between the tech that's in them and the end retail price um the the, the profit margins may and be then slimmer you than that also so have maybe... to think of all of the units that they made that did not sell that they put the technology well, into well, indeed. And if you're wondering why this has been a bit of a flop for Magic Leap, um, one of the main reasons that it hasn't done well is because they were not necessarily targeting just gaming consumers for this. Um, I'm not even talking about that. I mean, there, there was that they did mildly appeal to the medical market. Um, uh, I, d I don't know the specific applications, but basically as a means of, I presume, to give surgeons some kind of amazing insight into whatever procedure they're about to perform. 
But the, the, the short version is um, Magic Leap was really gunning for a military contract uh, for the Magic Leap headset. And it, it never happened. The military, the U.S. military didn't invest in it. So um, and of course, when they do invest, that they they spend big bucks um, and it would have probably have been enough to keep Magic Leap absolutely happy for the next 10 years. But no, they haven't invested. So that's the major reason why they are. Aside from the fact that, and excuse the, the expression, but the fact that they've pissed nearly a billion dollars up the wall, yeah, <laughs> um, that's that's the major that's the major focus as to why the company, um, the Magically One, has been a failure. It's because that they just could not get the any anybody from the military on board to um, put down some pre-orders for it. Um, so yeah, there's a new CEO. Um, while that might sound like a good thing to me, it's just a huge red flag that the company is on the verge of going under even with this additional funding they're oh, either yeah. going to it's either going to be a success and they somehow managed to make this work or the company's about to go bankrupt or they're about to sell up to amazon google someone like that um the only reason it probably won't be facebook is because of the oculus but um it's uh, certainly not looking good for Magic Leap as far as I'm concerned. It sounds good, but to me, just does not look good. Uh, on lighter news, Cyberpunk 2077, we have some amazing news in this regard. CG, CD Projekt Red, the game's developer, has announced it's in the home stretch. The vast majority of the main development of the game has been completed, and they are literally just dotting the I's and crossing the T's at this point. So the September release date looks pretty much nailed down, confirmed. And I'm really looking forward to this. Me? Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> I'm not I'm not that excited for this game. Why not? I don't know. I've just never really been a fan of the whole sci-fi thing. It's not a big Big thing to me. I'll try it out. I'm definitely going to try it out because of CD Projekt Red and they make amazing games. They do. And that's part of the reason why I am so confident about this. I mean, if you haven't played The Witcher 3, you have probably missed out on one of the best games of the last 10 years. I, I struggle to think of much that perfect. And um, I know there are many that would argue that maybe GT5 is more fun to play or... Skyrim is 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 somehow better, um, but I would easily make the argument that um, The Witcher Three is the most perfect game released in the last ten years. I can't think of anything. Better. I feel like CD Projekt Red. They go in or, in my opinion, they go in and they they make a full game, like unlike. Some developers, they 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 give you a full experience whenever you pop that disc in your console or you download it, you are getting a full experience out the gate. You aren't going to get any of that. I will bring the rest of the game to you later crap or any of that. You get the game with CD Projekt Red. More than that, though, um, one of the best ethoses that the company has is that a game is done when it's done. Mm -hmm. Release dates mean very little to CD Projekt Red. Yes, they did push the April release date back, but they pushed it back because they weren't happy to release the game in the state it was then. So they pushed it back to September. 
I mean, yeah, can you ever imagine someone like EA or Bethesda ever doing that? I mean, they ever. might push it back a few months, but even if it's still not done, they're a few weeks. Like, EA may out. push a game back a few weeks if it's not quite ready, and even then, they'll still release it. Um, uh, the other major thing um, that I really like about CG Project Red, though, is, and it's, I'm really disappointed that this hasn't caught on better with the gaming world in general, but even their DLC packs for The Witcher 3 were absolutely fantastic. The, um, the Blood and Wine expansion. Colossally huge, masses of content. Um, even compared to something like a Fallout 3 expansion, I would say that Blood and Wine was at least four or five times bigger and more detailed than one of those. Um, and I'm really disappointed that this trend hasn't caught on because the, they really know how to make a game. And not just that, when they make DLC for it, it is bloody good and huge. It is colossally massive. I mean, I think you could easily spend 30, 40 hours in the Blood and Wine DLC. Now, could you say that for much other DLC release for games? The Uh-oh. Sorry, we just cut out for a second there, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'll ask uh, Hugh. Hugh will have to check in the edit, but most... DLC content released by many developers is just overpriced crap that they probably well, just this, cut from. This is the thing, right? So you take like the Witcher 3 DLC, right? If it would have been any other developer, that would have probably been like four DLCs and you would have paid the same price for all of them. I I honestly think that any other developer would have sold uh, Blood... Um, the Blood and Wine DLC as a standalone game. Oh yeah, that too. Fifty dollars for it. I, I think if, if if that was in the hands of EA or Bethesda, that would have been uh, the Witcher for Blood and Wine. They would have just done that DLC as a game, and it would have worked as a standalone game. Um, but yeah, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is definitely in the home stretch now. So with that, we can probably expect an announcement early august that it has gone gold and i i'm looking i know hugh's not too fussed about it but uh i'm really looking forward to it just I'll, because i want I'll to definitely see what, what they can do give it a it. try i'm all yeah. about it yeah hugh, hugh became a lot more interested in it when he found you could customize your genitals in it maybe he wants wants to play cyberpunk uh, cosplaying as larry holmes that's what he told me (laughs) (laughs) moving on more gaming news and there's a bit of a weird one uh hideo kojima has been in the news to say that as far as he's concerned death stranding was a financial success now as you may recall when the game launched it did reasonably well in the critics um most of the major news outlets were quite positive about the game um consumers on the other hand had a much more mixed reaction to it and um uh, to coin a, a british expression it was a marmite game you either loved it or you hated it there were very few people who just went yeah it's all right um so what has he said here, though? He has said that it is a financial success and that the company has basically earned enough money from sales to put it, put the game as a whole into the black. In other words, they're making profit on it. 
uh, and it's made enough money for the uh, um, Kojima Productions to start funding their next game, uh, which is already already underway. Um, Very excited it, for does, the next game. Just going to throw that out I, there. I'll, I'll, we, will, yeah, we will get on to that very, very shortly. Um, but I just want to get gauge your opinion. Is making profit enough to call a game a success? Is just covering the costs enough? Mm, I I don't I don't think so. I, I think you also have to look towards the consumers of the game and how they're really feeling about it. Um, I guess for a company, it's considered a success, but in the eyes of the public, I don't believe so. No, um, I have played a little of Death Stranding. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I have mostly been waiting for the PC release, which is due out in a few weeks. And uh, in terms of sales, that is really going to help move the, you know, that that will help bump sales. There will definitely be a kick up because people are going to want to play this on the PC and, you know, set it to 4K graphics, 60 FPS, or all the good things you can do on a PC. And the game will look, honestly, probably spectacular on the PC if you've got an exceptionally high-end system. Um, and it will boost sales, but basing it on as a success on the fact that it's only just broken even. And yes, the PC sales will add to that. Um, I don't know. I don't think that's entirely a fair suggestion. I mean... Because in my in my opinion, a game if a game doesn't particularly sell well as good as they thought it should, but the you know the people that play it think it's a, an amazing game. I, I don't know. It's 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 to me. You can't just base everything off sales. You also have to look at the people who consumed it and and you know see what they think. Because if a game doesn't particularly sell, like you expect it to do like three million and only do two million, but those two million fucking people that bought it love it, then I a mean, a great example of that um, would be a game called uh, Grim Fandango. It was released back in 1998, I believe, just at the point that. Adventure games were beginning to die out at the time. Uh, First-person shooters was the new big thing at the time. So point-and-click adventures um, were, were on the out, although it wasn't really a point-and-click. It was more of a 3D adventure game. But it's a brilliant... But the thing is, when it released, it was universally praised by pretty much everyone. Critics loved it. Gamers loved it. Everyone loved it. It sold crap. It was an absolute financial disaster. Uh, for uh, LucasArts. If anything, many would argue that that was one of the reasons why LucasArts kind of stopped making games because they didn't make any money off it. I would consider, though, Grim Fandango to be a bigger success than Death Stranding simply based on the fact that even over 20 years on, people are still talking about that game. Are people going to be talking about Death Stranding, uh, let alone playing it in 20 years? Highly <laughs> doubt it. I don't, I don't think so. Um, so, yeah, I don't think calling a game a success, you can call it a financial success, but don't just call it a success and leave it at that. Um, Death Stranding was all right. I personally think, though, that it, I, I somehow, it left me with the impression that um, sometimes Hideo Kojima was perhaps better working under the restrictions that Konami put him under. Um, but Speaking of the new game, though, just whilst we're on the subject, we have we do have a lot of rumors suggesting he's getting back into horror, and that could be a 
huge return to form oh, for him. I'm I'm excited if this is true. Uh- um. <laughs> A lot, a lot of the more fanciful rumors have been suggesting that um, the, there's been a lot of talk recently that Sony's been trying to buy the Silent Hill and Metal Gear Solid franchises off Konami, um, and and then basically give them to give them back to not not give them but lend them to Hideo Kojima so he can make games specifically for the PS5. Well, I know um, that Konami is working on Silent Hill games. From what I've heard, they have two in yeah, that's the works. Working on two. Uh, but it's unknown whether that now this is where the, the plot thickens a little bit because it's unknown if those games are being made in collaboration with Sony. In other words, Sony and Konami have struck a deal to get those games to make sure those games are made and will be released specifically as a PlayStation 5 exclusive. But anyway, you look at it, Hideo Kojima is working on a new game, it is horror, and um, I think more than anything, people want to see it just for the fact of what they didn't see from PT, yeah. Definitely. I, I think PT showed that Hideo Kojima was really onto a really, really I think cool concept. Silent that. Hills was going to be like one of the greatest games of this generation, and it kind of just got killed, man. Okay. And that, that, <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to get into how I feel about that. <laughs> No, but uh, on the plus side, it does look like he's making his own horror game, and at least and I Death feel Stranding like that's more of his cup of tea than than Death Stranding kind of was. Death Stranding always seemed to me more of an art project. It's the kind of thing you'd imagine a college student coming up with for their for their um, whatever their thesis or end end of you know doc, doctorate or you know it's it felt like an art project that had been submitted for approval rather than as an actual game that you could play um i actually as i I am waiting for the pc release i have i've played about five six hours on the playstation 4 i do like it but i understand why many people don't it's um it's not very fast paced it's some the the plot more than anything is the best point part of the game i think but uh, yeah I'm, i'm really really looking forward to playing it um Again on the uh, PS uh, on the PC when it comes out in just a few weeks' time now, but yeah, as far as Hideo Kojima concerned, the game was a success, even if it probably didn't sell as many units as he really would have liked. Um, moving on, we have news of the Atari VCS. Now, Hugh, do you know what the Atari VCS is? I'm not sure if we've discussed this before. Even I off have camera. heard about it. <laughs> um. <sighs> I, that was almost a baited question in a sense because I asked you what you knew about it but the truth is even I don't know a lot about it and this is coming from someone who has actually seen one in the flesh I have seen an Atari VCS working running I can't tell you where or why but I have um, now all going well it's initially it, just to give you a little backstory if you're not familiar with it it's an Atari like this isn't Atari, Atari. This is a company that's bought the rights to license themselves as Atari. Um, And they've made a new games console, or at least they're calling it a console. Um, Once again, I'm going to get into that in a second. Um, Did really well in crowdfunding, made a ton of money, and everything that has come since then has largely been bad news. Um, 
we've, I won't go into the details as a lot, but if you just Google Atari VCS, you'll undoubtedly find a lot of the reasons why after a lot of initial hype for the system, there is more concerns now than ever. Um, but the good news is that they are going to be ready to ship out 500 units reportedly around within the next couple of weeks. So it looks like people, consumers, people who backed the original Kickstarter are finally going to start getting some of their Atari VCS systems. We could see how um, good or bad it is. As far as I can ascertain, and I admit this is the weird part, even right now, nobody is quite sure what the Atari VCS is. I know it's going to come with a subscription package. I know it's going to give you access to a lot of retro games. But I've also heard that Atari isn't just releasing this as a retro console. They plan to have games released for this. Um, it is a streaming platform, I should say, although um, it does have, um, comparatively speaking, compared to a lot of other emulator systems, this has a quite a powerful Ryzen-based processor in it. So it's no slouch in terms of its specifications. It's going to be absolutely, as far as I can see, on a comparative scale of hardware, it's going to be somewhere around the PS3, PS4, somewhere in the middle um, in terms of its overall uh, power output. But um, I just, I have nothing good to say about the Atari VCS, and I wish I did. And I think I think they the, their biggest mistake was that if they had just released the all-covering Atari retro system, Something that covered the 2600, the 5200, the, the 7400, was it? I, I lose track. Um, the Atari Jaguar, the Atari ST, the Atari Falcon. If they'd have just done a retro system that covered everything Atari up until that point, people would have bought it. I would have bought it so just to you, try out. So do you think the reason why they never specifically said what this is supposed to be is because they don't even know? That has been pretty much one of the, the biggest theories since the console was it was initially launched. Because as I said, when it launched, they really hyped this up. It was going to be a next-generation streaming system, something akin to the Google Stadia. It was going to be a game-changer. You were going to be able to play games. There would be games made for it. It would be easily comparable to current-gen consoles. And it was going to put Atari back on the map. And unfortunately, all they've done is done what Atari does. They're, they're going to release something that's going to be an absolute financial disaster. Um, so I wish I had, I really honestly wish that this could have been a success, but it's just pretty clear that whoever has been in charge of this has, has just let this degenerate to a point that it, it's just going to come and go. It, you probably won't even, until I actually saw this, I had probably last reported on the Atari VCS about six months ago. And between that time, I had completely forgotten about it. And I think that's what's going to happen when it does finally release. I think I it's going to come out. The diehard people that wanted it will get one and it will just vanish. And it will be a memory like the Ouya, oh. the Wii U, and it will just be completely forgotten. Oh, the Ouya. I said at the time, I, I said two years ago, two years ago, that this had the Uya Mark II written all over it. And I'm, although I would like to be proven right and I stand to be proven wrong, I think I'm going I'm to have that prediction nailed down. I honestly think this is the Uya Mark II all over again. Uh, but hey ho, 
that is what Atari, at least it's co- continuing the tradition of what Atari has done since the mid mid eighties, which is Atari. Ru- ruin itself at every opportunity. Um, uh, we're coming to the end of things now, but we're just going to touch on a quick one regarding Windows 10. Um, as you um, may be aware, um, Windows 10, their operating system, Microsoft generally tends to release two major updates a year. Mm-hmm. Um, or, although they have tr- transitioned that slightly now to one major and one minor update a year. Um, this year's major update is out. It is the May update, although the chances are that many of you watching this, listening to this, will not yet have it on your PC. In fact, if you go to check your update settings on your PC, you'll probably be met with a rather disturbing message saying that although the update is out, your system is not yet compatible for it. Now, you know, what what are we talking about in terms of compatibility? It's an operating system. As long as you have a recognizable processor, graphics card, and motherboard, this should work right. Well, apparently... There has been some issues with the latest operating system update, something that will come as no surprise to some of the biggest cr- critics of Windows 10, who, with a degree of validity, suggests that every update just adds more problems to the uh, to the operating system. But it is largely suspected that the reason you will not be able to install this, the compatibility problem, is something to do with gaming. It is something to do with the mouse drivers. Or something in that description, because some of the early reports have said that after installing the update, mouse pointers in games disappear. Um, hmm. I've also heard rumors that it has caused random system restarts, all, all the general grain of salt stuff you hear when there's a new update. Because uh, as I said, some people just pathologically hate Windows 10. I don't mind it. I, I've never had that many problems with it, but some people pathologically hate it. It's not Windows, hate. what was it, 8? Vista or or me, Windows me was the worst. Uh, Windows me was by far and away the worst one. Jeez, and I had that. I bought that. I've never even heard of that. <laughs> oh yeah, w- Windows me was an absolute. It was basically the only way I could describe it was Windows ninety eight Service Pack three. It wasn't really a brand new operating system, but it had so many problems. It's. Uh, Anyone who had Windows Me would experience a blue screen of death probably every other day. That's how bad the operating system was. And um, Windows have learned, they've learned from those mistakes, although Vista did kind of revisit on, you know, give give people what they want. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, so if you haven't been able to get the Windows 10 May update yet, do not panic. The, the chances are that your system is entirely compatible with it. There are just certain aspects of it, the drivers that aren't that aren't entirely happy with Windows, that version of Windows at this precise moment. I do, however, hear that if you install a fresh version of Windows and you immediately go to apply the update, you are okay. So it seems that the issue with the update is, I don't know if it's related to if Steam is installed on the computer or you know, a particular game, EA, whatever, but uh, if... It looks like there are some compatibility issues they're trying to work out there. Uh, moving on to the next one, and uh, this is uh, get, we're going on to anime now for a second because the final series of Attack on Titan is due to air before the end of this year, and we have a trailer. And might I say it, the trailer looks really, really good. It looks like they're really going to end this one on a bang. I have not watched it because I need to go watch the seasons that are out. I have watched season one. I really you need can, to get Are you aware of what it. happens in the manga? No, I 
stay away from that kind of no. stuff if it's a series that I like. I would, say, I would say that if you have watched season one of Attack on Titan, you can probably watch the trailer simply from the point of view that because it is in Japanese, you will not understand anything said. And because I think you have to watch season one, you have to, you have, to have seen season one to, before you watch the season four trailer. Let's assume that you haven't watched, you know, up to date with Attack on Time. At least get season one out of the way before you watch this trailer. Not because there's spoilers, because you'll watch it and wonder what the hell's happening in it. Attack on Titan is a weird kind of anime. Oh, no, um, it is. But it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, I, I've, like I said, I've only watched season one and... Just from that season alone, that series is just awesome, dude. I I would easily argue it's one of the best gateway um, anime series at the moment. I, I would probably say Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, uh, Death Note, and Attack on Titan are the is the holy trinity. If you have never watched anime before, watch those. If you don't like it, you're not going to like any of it. Yeah. I think it I think it really comes down to that but yeah brand new trailers out set to air in Japan uh, initially around uh, sometime around August um as always what tends to happen is that it will initially air in Japan uh, in its uh, in the Japanese language and then a day or two later it will appear online with uh, subtitles looks Usually like I need to, to start people. catching up <laughs> Uh, well, it'll give it'll get when when it does get subbed over. It at least gives Susie Lou something to pirate on a YouTube channel, won't it? <laughs> That's something for her to look forward to. Uh, oh, getting sued for boy. Um, and we're on to our very very last I, one. I have a few things that I've pulled up while we were uh, while you were talking well, you about pull- your AMD things that I know well, nothing go about. Because so, I've it, got a really good comment on it. It's not much. It's not much. But um, so for everybody who plays Call of Duty Warzone, they put out an update earlier this week and they added duos in the game. So if you've been looking forward to that, that is a thing. Um, No Man's Sky is coming to Xbox Game Pass. Uh, I really wanted to put this out there just because... uh, let me see when exactly do they know when exactly it's coming. I know it's sometime this month. I don't think they put out yeah, a specific before, date before the end of the month, I think. But the reason why I wanted to put this out there is I just feel like no no man's sky deserves to um deserves its shine because it is one of those games that had one hell of a redemption arc, man. Uh because yeah. whenever it came out it was uh, it was bad, but I'm looking forward to trying it out. Um, so that I would is- say it was worse. I would say it was worse than bad. It, it, there is a game in crime worse than being bad, and that's being boring. And that's what No Man's Sky was. It was boring. There's nothing that was promised to be. So, but, but yeah, as, as you say, the, the redemption art that Hello Games has made since its initial release has been absolutely fantastic. And whatever criticism you could have had the, of the original game, if you bought it, if you tried to play it again now, it's unrecognizable. Yeah, it is just it's so completely different. Um, I know Suicide is going to care much about this one, but... <laughs> Destiny 2's next chapter has been teased. Um, they'll be doing a... reveal on June 9th. My whole thing with Destiny 2 is 
uh, I, I've got to the point where I realize that I don't really like the little DLCs at all. And I just come back for the big, um, expansion in September and mm-hmm. I'm okay with that now. I used to not be okay with it, but that's just how I feel these days. So, um, Moving on, oh, one other thing that I wanted to talk about was Outriders had a stream. Uh, do you know what Outriders is, Suicide? No. Outriders is a, um, I believe it's four, three or four player, um, or you can play it by yourself too, a co-op game being made by People Can Fly. Uh, okay. It is a... Uh, Kind of like a mixture. It, it it's not a games as a service. It does have loot, um, and abilities. Oh, I like in this last um stream they showed off. What I liked about it is they kind of have the whole Diablo system where they have world tiers. Okay, so you can go up in world tiers and make the game harder. The the reason. What made it really cool is you like level your world tier up while you're playing the game, but when you die, you de level in world tier, so it it doesn't you'll never reach the parts of the game that are too too hard for you. The only the only complaint I could see that I could give this is maybe the people who like to play the harder difficulties, you know masochists like me who love dark souls (laughs) um it kind of shuts them out to get into these higher world tiers you kind of always stay around like your level i guess but the game looks pretty cool um i believe it's gonna i don't know if it's gonna be on the series x but i know i believe it's coming to ps5 and pc at least um it's a pretty cool cool looking game I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't look like it's going to be like a big, big game, but you know, it looks like it's going to be one of those games. that's going to be really fun. Okay. But that's all I have that I found. So carry on okay, suicide. Well, I, I, I like to try and get, I'm trying to, it wasn't intentional, but I'm trying to build something of a tra- tradition now in this podcast of, um, uh, ending on a funny one. And uh, we certainly have one here. Now, um, for any of you conspiracy um, Dale Gribble theorists out there, um, there has, over the last few months, been a lot, with all the coronavirus business, there has been a lot of rumors and suggestions and very, very little science to suggest that coronavirus is capable of being spread over 5G network signals. As such, we've seen people all over the world uh, vandalizing 5G towers. It's absolutely How? stupid. How? Anyway. How would that even happen? Oh, Lord. <laughs> you don't have to explain anything to a conspiracy theorist. The moment you try and debate with them, you've already lost. Um, but if you were looking for protection against that deadly 5G... If those tinfoil hats weren't working for you, ladies and gentlemen, we've got something for you. Suicide! Tell them what they can get. For just a low, low price of $346, you can get your own very 
anti-5G USB dongle. Yes, your very own anti-5G shield. You can live in a protective bubble and those harmful COVID 5G rays cannot get you. And it is at the low, low price of $346. And the only problem is it's a $6 USB stick that does absolutely nothing. Yeah, um, there have been um, sightings online of retailers selling what claim to be $350 US uh, anti-5G uh, devices. They're basically USB sticks that you plug into your computer, and it is supposed to encase you in and your entire home in an anti-5G bubble. So pretty much. Of course, it does absolutely nothing to stop 5G network signals. In fact, all you get for your $350 is a roughly six dollar usb stick that incidentally has about 128 megabytes of storage on it so what you're it telling is me is people are going out and they're like hey we found a way we can make money off of these idiots yeah let's let's <laughs> put these uh memory sticks we've got lying around in some new uh fancy packaging and let's sell them to uh to morons basically i mean it, there is absolutely no not a cat chance you. in hell that this would work. You would be better with you would legitimately be better spending a couple of dollars and buying yourself a few sheets of tinfoil and making yourself hats. You for what this would cost you, you could have a thousand tinfoil hats sat on your hat right now and you yeah. would be better protected from five G yeah. than you would by buying this yeah. device. Maybe you could maybe you could maybe you could put the tinfoil around your house. For that much, yeah, yeah. wrap your house in tinfoil. Yeah, oh, yeah. We'll keep it nice and fresh, and keep keep the uh, keep the uh, Illuminati out or yeah. whatever. But yeah, those five those five um, G rays bounce right off. Put simply, there are ways that you can block five G signals, but this is not it. You oh. cannot. No average consumer is going to find a product online. Even within these stupid amounts of money to protect you from 5G. So, yeah, I mean, if you really want protection from 5G, save yourself $250, buy $100 worth of tinfoil and just wrap yourself up in it until, you know, you feel completely isolated from the aliens spying on you. Because uh, for this particular one, all you're getting is a 128 megabyte USB stick worth generously $6. Wow. And that. <laughs> Is about it. I am out of news. I'm out of luck. You're out of time. More <laughs> song lyrics. Um. So as we, <laughs> I can't believe I've people are selling people USB sticks for three hundred fifty. Okay, sorry. There, there are always. There will always be nutters out there. That is what, ridiculous. What's, what's that famous expression from your country? A sucker's born every minute. You can't protect <laughs> yourself from 5G. But you don't have to protect yourself from it anyway. It doesn't do anything to you. I, d I don't get it. Like, how? Okay. I have a phone with 4G on it. 4G has never did anything to me. What's the difference? It's the internet. It's a signal. Any, anyways, and I'm, I'm. Okay. It's people like Dale Gribble who read theories on the internet. This is what this is. If somebody's buying this device, it's Dale Gribble. Oh God! But anyway, 
right so if you're watching on youtube make sure to um like and subscribe and, and we comment. would also like you well i'm getting to it hold on okay. uh, we would also okay. like you to comment if you you know if you enjoyed the episode but also if you have anything that you would like to us to talk about we don't have to describe what we talk about you've listened to all these episodes we know you know what we talk about so just put what you want us to talk about and please do comment the last the comment we had the first comment we had on the last video was somebody who said loved it that they posted three days before the video actually aired yes (laughs) like like, i don't i don't know who who does it or if it's like bots or something but that has been happening a lot yeah it's bots they specifically target videos that are about to go uh, be scheduled and they'll post something like that but i said they didn't even have the common courtesy to wait until the video went live they said they loved it three days before it it was even broadcast so (laughs) and if you're listening to this on uh podcast services make sure to subscribe on there as well keep up whenever the new episodes come out but that is it for us today, and I am Hugh Rageous. And I'm Suicide Sanders. We are Technically Gaming, and we will see you guys next time. Peace.